Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. As you are running down to try and get the golem's attention, like what is your primary objective here? Is it to get it to chase you? Is it to avoid its blows? Is it to make sure that it stays away from Haroda? Like, what's the primary goal here? Hongwei told us to get it away from the stone slab. So yeah, I'm trying to get it to chase me. All right, roll act under pressure. Eight. All right, so it is going to chase you, but you're going to take a little damage from it as it does pursue you. You know what? Let me rephrase that. It's going to pursue you. One of the three of you at the end of this tunnel is going to take some damage. It's me. All right, so Elsef, you take two points of damage as it slams its fist down, but it does move away from the wall. It is past the stairs in very close quarters to the three of you. It's not armor defeating, right? Correct. Okay. Okay, if this golem is pulled away from that wall, I mean, my my goal here is to get Elsef to water. Um, So I'm going to take the torch that... I'm leading this ember down here with um, and throw it to the stone slab. Um, and m- my hope here is that following this light, it reaches that point and the golem sees it as something trying to approach the slab and will try to slam into it. I love it. And either the force of that does some damage to this or the explosion uh, from the floating ember will yeah. help there. As soon as the floating ember approaches the wall following after your light, this golem pivots. It's like it has a supernatural sense of when something is close, of what the intent of the people around it are. And it turns back and it charges at the ember. It slams its fist down on top of it and there is an explosion. The golem shatters into eight smaller golems that start moving around as if they are on their own patrols now. You can see small fractures in the wall, um, but it is it is not broken. It is very well constructed. It is very thick. The rest of you, as I said, see these smaller golems starting to move around, patrolling. And I think you see two of them bump into each other and pull into one another. And now there are seven, and one of them is a little larger. The amount of tiny golems that this has broken into, does that kind of match the number of voices that I heard overlapping each other earlier when I tried to speak with it? It does. I want to cast a spell at one of these little ones that's running around on its own. Okay, roll use magic. When you use magic, say what you're trying to achieve and how you do the spell, roll plus weird. On a 10 plus, the magic works without issue. Choose your effect. On a 7 to 9, it works imperfectly. Choose your effect and a glitch. The keeper will decide what effect the glitch has. That is a 7. All right, so what is your effect? To banish a spirit or curse from the person, object, or place it inhabits. And what is your glitch? 
The magic draws immediate unwelcome attention. What does your magic look like? I dip my fingers into some of the paint that I use to like adorn myself mm. uh, and just like trace a symbol in the air and the paint kind of like paints on the air in front of me oh, nice. to draw like glyphs and runes to activate my magic. All right. You do this towards one of the small golems and the animating force behind it leaves and this pile of stones collapses to the ground. Behind you, you hear some heavy thumps as a handful of floating embers have jumped down into the well. Oh, no. I'm going to spring up, I think, towards the slightly larger of the mini golems, and uh, I want to yank out a few of my snares. I think I have these, like, you know, just small barbed nets that are, you know, I would use to tangle something up. Like, the more it tries to move, the the tighter it gets around it, and I want to try to uh, cover this golem that uh, is a little bigger than the rest and see if I can stop it up. All right, I think that's going to be an act under pressure. Ooh, okay. 12. Yeah, you are able to throw this net on top of the largest of the small golems, uh, and it is stuck in place. We've got embers. What are we doing about this? I can make us a haven. Uh, and I want to run over to the base of the stairwell and start, again, like drawing on the walls, like the walls, the floor, trying to cast a spell to prevent them from passing out of this hallway and up the stairs in case we need to leave without being pursued. All right, so I think that's going to take a little bit of time to get all of those drawn out. Okay. What is everyone else doing while Torek is doing these symbols on the walls? Uh, since these mini golems are here and separated, I want to try again to reach out with wild language and see if I can talk to the spirit of one of them. There is one directly in front of you, and you try to speak to it in its language. You want to fight? <laughs> oh, little no, buddy. I hug. I'll fight you. Can I tell the spirit that's talking to me? Is that the spirit of this rock or something else inhabiting it? Why don't you roll investigate a mystery? Okay. Ten. Get a hold two. Uh, What sort of creature or effect is it? So this small version is called a pebble. The larger one is a cornerstone, and they are a collection of rock spirits that can be brought together to execute heavier more demanding tasks. And it is not the same as if, you know, earlier Torek talked about bringing a spirit of fire into the world and the danger that would cause. You've run into an ice spirit. This is more primal magic. Um, it's almost like these stones have simply been animated and they do have a sense of self because they can take direction, but it's very simple direction. So it's almost the animating force of magic as opposed to the animating force of stone. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what might fix, cure, or slow down this effect? So this cornerstone was very aggressive right from the start. You feel like the magic has run a little wild. You could try to banish the magic from all of the individual pieces the way that you saw Torek begin to do. If you could destroy the stones, the things that it's possessing, that would stop it as well. But this really is a magic that is out of control. Someone was trying to do something... It went wrong, and it is taking it to the extreme of its directions it was given. My friend, what orders were you given? I think we'll persuade to get it to talk to you and not fight you. Okay. They're having this combo in the background. It's just Hirota and I trying to wrestle like little stones. <laughs> oh, no. Five. All right. You take one point of harm. This is armor defeating. Because it's face harm. I, I ain't got no armor. Doesn't matter. Fair. 
uh, as this pebble just lunges at you and socks you in the jaw. I said we're fat. We're fighting. I know this guy. I grew up in a little town with this guy. (laughs) And as you hear it say this in its earthen tongue, another one comes over and they like do the thing where they touch fingertips and they meld together and become a little bigger one. (laughs) I love these things. I think after I have my altercation with the pebbles, I do yell out to the, the group. This golem was given orders. I do not know what they were, but the magic, it's out of control. It's gone beyond the task it was given. I square up against one of these little pebbles and try to hit it with my spear. All right. Roll kick some ass. Uh, 11. All right. What's your extra effect? I'm going to give plus one forward to another hunter. Who's getting that plus one? Uh, you are. We're family. All right. Uh, so you take one harm. It is armor defeating, but you do stick your spear into the stone. And after a few moments, it crumbles to the ground. All right, Torek, I think you have finished putting these marks on the wall. Roll use magic. 11. All right. So you create a field of energy. Not necessarily. What does this barrier look like? The stone that makes up like the ceiling of this cavern, like crumbles kind of like a fine dust, like, you know, when when there's an imminent sign of a cave in and just like a little bit of dust starts falling Mm. all along this threshold. And it's just perpetual. There's just this constant fine dust that is falling and covering this. And like, I take a step through it and I like pass harmlessly through it. Mm -hmm. But if anything else tries to push through it, they will be like buffeted. Anything else or Uh, the, the embers. (laughs) I want to try something here. So what I want to do is get out my jade knife. I see the crack in the slab that's blocking the water. I know this first part isn't going to be enough to do any damage to this slab, but what I want to do is throw that knife so that it hits into the crack that it's sticking out. And then I want to grab the bound pebble and use it like a weight and the knife as like a railroad spike to break that crack open more. Awesome. I love it. So I think this is going to be twofold. Okay. Um, well, uh, let me let me ask you a question. Sure. You want to throw the knife into the crack. Yeah, because I don't. I feel like I don't have enough time to just <laughs> run over, right. like climb up the 40-foot wall halfway. Yeah. Jiggle it in there enough. Like, I feel like I got to just do this fast or it's not going to work. Yeah, fair. I am so torn between making this an act under pressure and making it some kind of toughness thing oh. to swing this little stone baby. Sure. It's a heavy baby. I mean, a stone toddler because it is two of them combined. That's true. Um, I just want to say, I just just throwing it out there, yeah. like in th- this act that I'm trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. I feel like we're just under so much pressure with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do act under pressure because I think we can, you're making your way through all of the stuff going on down here. It's dark. You're using, you know, math to get the <laughs> angles right on throwing the golem and yeah roll act under pressure okay i'll stop talking you roll a <laughs> die before i talk myself out of it that's a five but i think i gotta mark my ancestral favor all right and what is the loner special i don't think i feel like we're <laughs> close to the end i don't think it needs to i don't i, I can't imagine it coming up so i'm not let's just blow yeah, past this just, does it happen to say like <sighs> one of the things hunting you shows up no oh, okay no it says one of your enemies appears <laughs> to get in your way or uh-huh. a favor you owe comes due. First, you throw the knife. It clangs into the wall, sticks in place where you want it. You heft the net. You throw it. It hits against this dagger. What is the dagger's damage? Uh, I, I assume it's one. It is one damage, okay. yeah. 
Um, but you do notice that that crack starts to spread more and more throughout the wall. And then up the stairs, you hear this deep growl. And I think Torek hears it as well. It is not in the stairwell, but somewhere in that room up above, you instantly know, Hirota, that growl. Something has been tracking you and found you here, and you get the very sudden impression that Gwip is in danger. <gasps> Gwip, run! I take off up the stairs. Oh! So I think you all hear this growl, and Hirota turns and runs up the stairs. There are a handful of these golems left. There are the floating embers approaching from behind. Um, what's everybody doing? Gonna try to take out another golem. Roll kick some ass. Seven. All right, so you exchange harm, so you do take one harm, armor defeating, uh, but again, another of these little golems crumbles to dust after your metal blade goes into it. I am unstable and dying. Oh, no. Oof. So with Elsef having defeated that one, uh, there is one small one left, two mediums, and one of those mediums is inside of the net. It has just been thrown against the wall, but that pair of floating embers are eminent now. They are amidst the group and starting to try to reach out to you. Oh, I'm going to try to reach out to the spirits of these floating embers and persuade them to reach the wall again. Uh, use them as essentially more of bombs to try and get this slab to break. Yeah, how are you trying to persuade them? You don't have a light source anymore to kind of coax them with? Well, from what we were able to determine with the ones that we first encountered, it was they were just seeking something to touch. Uh, so I think along with my compulsion to stay near light, I'm getting very close to them and just slowly moving and speaking out to them and telling them that, like, I'm here, just follow me, keep going this way, and, like, reaching my hands out to them to, like, offer something for them to touch. Okay, I don't think this is a persuade then. I think this is an act under pressure to find out if you are in range when they explode. Okay, seven. So I think as you are trying to lure these two embers towards the wall, either you're not going to get them as close as you want, so they're not going to do as much damage to the wall. They're still going to hit it, but it won't be as severe. Or you're going to take a little bit of damage yourself um, because you are closer than you want to be, but they are up against the wall. Boy, I think with my vulnerability being bumped up to being compelled to be close to light, I think I am... I am staying closer to them even than I am aware that I am. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, one point of damage, but these both do explode as they get close to the wall. The pebble on the ground in the net is destroyed. Huge chunks of the wall start to show cracks, and you can see little spouts of water starting to come through some of these jagged areas of the wall. We are almost through. I dip two fingers on my right hand into the paint and then I like draw a line down my left arm and like draw glyphs up my arm and I want to use magic on my hand. Roll it. Use magic via my hand, I should maybe say. Mm. That is an eight. All right. What is your effect and what is your glitch? My effect is that I want to do something beyond human limitations. Okay. Which is I want to just go palm strike this slab now and try and bust it the rest of the way open with superhuman strength. All right. Incredible. Uh, and the glitch is that I will take one harm, ignore armor. So you take that one harm, ignoring armor. You go over to the wall and you strike out at it. It shatters. The three of you still down here take an additional point of harm as all of the stone and the water that has been held back come cascading down into this tunnel, refilling the well. Hirota, 
you come back up the stairs and you hear that deep growl and you can tell that Gwip is on alert. They have gotten very low to the ground. Their eyes are wide and darting around. I've got my bow back out and I'm scanning, looking in every dark corner, near every broken wall, anywhere I can to see if I can find it. Roll read a bad situation. I level up. Wow. Oh no. What are you going to take? I'm going to take Notorious, a new move. You have a scary reputation. Treat any miss when you intimidate as if you'd rolled a seven to nine. Mm, Okay. Cool. So we have initially described your enemy as a bigger, older version of something that exists out in the wild. You know, we didn't exactly say what it was because you weren't sure. You just knew that it looked like some of the larger cats, but it was scarred. And as you start to move with your bow through this area, you hear a sound next to you and you turn and you leap and you fire in that direction. And you realize very quickly that it was a stone that had been thrown in that direction. And you turn as you hear Gwip make a squawking sound and you see a large muscular man wearing the skin of one of these cats. It's eye scarred. He is on the back of Gwip. He digs his heels in and rides away. What the fuck? Yeah, I think in this moment you realize like it was a Craven the Hunter situation. It was not a actual giant cat, but a man wearing the skins of all of these slain enemies. I mean, I know that they're like gone, but I mean, I, I don't think I even think twice about taking a shot in their direction just in bewilderment and confusion and anger. You let this arrow loose and I think your aim is true, but right as you loose the arrow... The ground beneath you shakes with an explosion and you hear the sound of rushing water and you are jostled to the side and you see the arrow go wide as you see this fur cloak and the back of Gwip disappear into the darkness. Damn, damn, damn! Um, I'm going to turn back towards the opening and run back down the stairs. You get about halfway down the stairs and it is filled with water. Back inside of this waterway, you have all been pushed to the end of the hall, but now the water is still. What are you doing? I am drowning. I am floundering. I can't imagine that I've swam, if ever in my life, in decades and decades and decades. Yeah, like Like maybe once as a celebration they let you do it when you took your title. Yeah, and but even that was like wading. Yes. Like, oh (laughs) God, no. My feet have never not touched the bottom of water before. We (laughs) drink this. You can't just (laughs) only one person is allowed to just stew in it (laughs) that is the keeper of water um this is like even though i'm so hurt and like dying this is like the best i've ever felt in days to be surrounded by water i i love it Uh, i want to get eyes on Torek and Hongwei, and then try to grab them and see if i can swim with both of them towards the stairs yeah i think I actually have swam a bit before, but when I was younger, like in my community, I think water was not as scarce as it is here. Mm. Um, So it's been a long time. I think I'm more put off by the total darkness that we're in now since we don't have light anymore. Yeah. Can you remind us, you know, your your weakness is is being in the dark. What does that do to you exactly as night folk? So my curse for night folk is vulnerability uh and so it's it's complete dark so you suffer plus one harm when you suffer harm from it and if you are bound or surrounded by it you must act under pressure to use your powers 
narratively, it's just, yeah. I'm not any help to Elsa. <laughs> She's leading us to the exit. Yeah, Elsa, I don't think there is any rule here. The danger is gone with the exception of Torek's inability to swim. Um, you're able to grab a hold of both of them and lead them back towards where the stairs were, take them underwater, and the three of you surface, and Hirota is standing there. Oh, thank the spirits, you're alive. <gasps> oh, I'll help them out <laughs> and up the stairs. Okay. I unwrap my fire starter kit from its waterproof casing and uh, grab some charred pieces of wood and start a fire and get myself a torch immediately. Yeah. I just dive back in one more time for funsies. She's like, I live here now. <laughs> As you are in the water, you're getting a feeling for the water. You're feeling the connection of it from rainfall to oasis. And you feel the presence of Firth. And they're disappointed. The water level in oasis has dropped. Oh, what? Since I'm submerged in water, can I reach out to one of the previous water speakers? Sure. Seven. All right, you get a hold one. So as far as spending my hold, the question that I'm circling around is what did a past life discover about blank? The blank here being, have any other water speakers ever heard of towns along these underground rivers getting cut off from their main water source in order to keep Oasis alive? Again, you rest your hands in the water and out of the water forms... Another of the past speakers, this one is Lima, and he smiles at you, sensing, and he senses what it is you're dealing with here. I have never heard of one being cut off entirely. Flows were adjusted, tunnels partially collapsed, minor blockages put in place, lowering the amount of water some areas might have constant access to, but keeping the hub of Oasis full. It might have meant more trips to Oasis but as that is where all water ends, it was thought best that that is where all water is collected. I see. Thank you, brother. And he dissipates back into the rippling waters. I dive back down and go join the rest of the augury. Gwip's gone. What do you mean gone? Someone took him. Something's been hunting me for years. Turns out it was a man. He used the skin of one of those cats. Made me think that's what was hunting me. That he tricked me, grabbed the bird, and ran. The spirit of Oasis is upset with me. Why? Because the water level at Oasis has lowered now that we have cleared this slab. But this is the way it's meant to be. This is the natural state. I think perhaps what the Earth Speaker was trying to do was to reduce the flow of water to Thorn. And somehow the magic was corrupted and it, it blocked it entirely. It got out of hand, like you said. Yes. But he was from Silt. Who would have told him to do this? I suppose that is a question for the Earth Speaker. Yeah, I agree. Before we leave this place, the animated spirit inside those pebbles underground is still there. I think we have to find a way to finish it. They may not have anything to guard, but that doesn't mean they're not going to try. Uh, I want to walk down to the edge of the water and look around, try and get eyes on these things. All right, roll investigate a mystery. Eight. You get to hold one. Where did it go? You see one moving around and it's a little bit larger than the other two. You think that these three have combined together. And it's hard to see. You're using the lantern, trying to be able to view underwater. But you can see already that it's moving along the ground, and it's making a motion that's lifting up little chunks of earth. You imagine that given enough time, even the small one would eventually 
rebuild the entirety of that wall. I want to try and banish the spirit from within it like I did with that first one. All right. I don't think there's any rule here. The danger is gone. Uh, so you are able to cast this banishing spell again, and you see three little pulses of magic come out of the stone before it collapses motionless on the bottom of the river. It won't be a problem any longer. I tried to connect with the spirit and find out exactly what orders it had been given, but I wasn't able to break past its focus. I don't know exactly what happened here. It looked to be trying to rebuild the wall already. Obviously, we can't know precisely what it was told, but it seems that it was meant to build and guard the wall. Well, we have returned this place to its natural state, seeking justice for what has happened here. That must be our next step. I agree. Tovro may have been sent here to do this, but it may not have been his decision. He may have been tasked with this. So justice may better be served with whoever was willing to cut off these people's water. Yes, it may have been on orders, but also something happened for the magic to get out of hand here. If it was him that set it into motion, we have to address that disruption as well. Yes, one of my brothers, a previous water speaker, said that it is not unusual for some settlements to receive a smaller amount of water in order to make sure that oasis remains plentiful. But to cut it off entirely, this is a mistake. A mistake or a decision by someone that did want more to happen here. That is what we must determine, yes. Might we summon Tovro to Oasis? If he is a diplomat, he has obligations. He may have to come see us, and if he is truly innocent and this was a mistake, or his strings are being pulled, he may have no issue with coming and telling us the truth. Yes, there are other groups who should have a say in what happens here. This is not for us to decide. I think we jump forward from this point, and we find the augury collected with Tovro there as well. He seems nervous having been summoned, especially by the largest augury that exists in this series of communities. What can I do for all of you? Tell us what happened in Thorn. What do you mean? I set up a small blockage to slow the flow of water. Have you performed acts like this before? Yes, uh, one or two. And the magic, it is consistent? It is different from place to place. I have noticed that the quality of the magic shifts based off of the amount of stone present. Tell us about the instruction you left with the spirit of this stone. Oh, yes. I had summoned perhaps ten feet of stone out, and I instructed it to continue to repair that and defend it from anything that may come across it trying to destroy it. What happened? Thorn is destroyed. How? A fire. They did not have enough water in their well. They did not have any water in their well. Oh, that's impossible unless there were huge deposits of stone near the river that we did not find. Your golem had pulled enough stone to fully block the flow of water. From the cavern? Yes, the well ran dry. No, no, we surveyed the ground directly around Thorn, and there was more than we expected, it seems. What became of the people of Thorn? Floating embers. They're wandering the communities, killing those that they find. Oh, like dust devils. Yes. This process must be changed. It is far too dangerous. Perhaps we need a more working. It's been such a simple task for so long. It's been done for so many generations. I was reading that they used to send 
someone who could commune with the water and the air as well to seek deeper into the sand to make sure it was safe. Practice we gave up long ago, it seemed unnecessary, but the events of Thorn seem that that is not the case. You're going to come with us now. From your own mouth, you're going to explain to these spirits what happened. Maybe they'll accept your apology and find peace. And maybe they won't accept your apology, and they'll still find peace. Gods, yes, of course. And if you see this through, your experience in this matter will be very helpful in establishing new ways to handle these waterways. Yes, you are right. I had the first impulse that perhaps I should never do this again, but yes, no, the way to honor them is to continue. Make sure this doesn't happen again. But please, to Thorn, when, when do we leave? Now is good. We fade out on Oasis, and again, time passes as you all travel through the desert back to Thorn, and we find Tovro slowly walking away from the group of you into the center of town. He kneels and begins to talk from this distance. It's but a whisper, but you can see all of the floating embers slowly turning at the sound of his voice and walking towards him. He lowers his head, the words pouring out of his mouth becoming slightly louder, As he realizes he is talking to the crowd, there's a brief moment where all of the embers pulse once, twice, and then they're gone. He stands up and walks back to you. If you have extra supplies that you could leave, I think I would like to stay here. Begin my studies now in earnest. All right, and that brings us to end of session experience. Right. Congratulations, everybody. You made it through our first mystery in Bone Spear. Cool I loved world. it. Yeah. What did you what do you think about the adjustments to this game? You know, we we got to play a little bit with the elements of this book, but getting to play in an entire setting with changed moves and playbooks. It's brutal. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. It's very scary. Like you can't just get in a car and drive someplace. You gotta walk there and it's gonna hurt. Yeah. Well, that's true for me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I would not expect to survive. Yeah. I didn't ex- I didn't expect to survive. Oh, fair. I yeah. for sure thought at least somebody was going to die. Yeah. Yeah, we were like two episodes in and we were like, this might be the only TPK we've ever recorded is doing this. I really think like behind the curtain, I think Megan luring down that floating ember is what stopped some death. Like, if you all tried to deal with that golem the way that you were a- actively at the time dealing with it, it had been it had been ugly. Yeah. As soon as it, like, hit for two points of harm, I was like, oh, I got a bone arrow. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to. The fact that it did, like, a shoulder <laughs> charge anything. through everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I know, Kim, you were unstable and dying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was unstable and dying. I I ended the game unstable and dying. I had three Same. points of health left. Yeah. Excellent. So you were I all unstable and dying. Uh, so that means that by the end of all of that travel, you're all dead. Yeah, yeah. we, were, we should yeah. all be dead. <laughs> Has that ever happened before, that we've all been unstable at the same time? No, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Well, Maybe. it's also like none of us had armor except for me. Or like yeah. healing things yeah. outside outside of like a, a move. Yeah, like when, when you all kind of collected gear to leave. I, I think part of what made this even more dangerous was this is our first experience with it. And so I was like, get your supplies and leave town. And so you're like, oh, let's grab like an extra weapon that's fireproof and this, that and the other. And we'll travel, not realizing how much damage was possible in the traversal just to get to the place and not like grabbing healing supplies from the community. Yeah, yeah. I would have stolen a-, a lot of stuff if yeah. I had realized. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I, I really liked 
the world that we built and I, I like it was really cool to like make a whole little town and like I I really cared about everybody. Yeah. And I loved the idea of talking to the spirits. I I I loved the bone spear. It wasn't just about like, you know, finding the monster and killing the monster. It was much more investigative in terms of like figuring out what happened and then helping those people or that spirit like make peace with what happened. Like there wasn't really a bad guy in this and I kind of liked that. Right, that, you know, it very much could have been that someone did this on purpose. Yeah. But that doesn't change the fact that the spirits... They have still been wronged whether yeah. it was yeah. on purpose or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So did you conclude the current mystery? We did. Yes. Yeah. Did you save someone from certain death or worse? Yes. Anyone who would have gotten touched by the floating embers that were leaving the community. That's true. Uh, did we learn something new and important about the world? Floating embers exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how, uh, how Earth speakers moderate waterways and for what reason yeah yeah that their magic fluctuates based off the amount of stone might be mm -hmm. something new as well yeah and uh, did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters uh i mean i sort of learned it about myself but that i'm not actually being hunted by a beast yeah how did you feel about that mad <laughs> <laughs> that was just such a good moment of like oh this thing's gonna arrive it and it always wants grip but i didn't want it to just like oh a thing comes in and takes Gwip away and you know it's going to eat it. Yeah, and So yeah. this seemed like, I don't know, more fun. Yeah, no, I dig it. What's that guy's plans for Gwip? Right? He could have, he's a person. It could be anything. Yeah, they're the worst. <laughs> yeah. They'll they're... do terrible things. <laughs> oh, no. What if that was Gwip's like original owner? He's like, I want him back, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he never microchipped his pet, so. Well, that's his own fault. It's I've true. been taking good care of him. That's yeah, true. He like, like he didn't, he doesn't even know about you. Yeah. Like, he's just been following Gwip's tracks, trying to get him. And, like, finally he shows up, and here's Gwip, just by himself alone in this burnt-out town. And so he takes him back to save so him. So he just threw a rock at me and then ran? He's like, this madman might kill my bird. I better yeah. distract him. You Who is this? <laughs> Lunatic. I feel like he's not going to eat him, and here's why. He rode out of town on him. And for some reason, I feel like that, like you would never ride on something that you're going to eat. I really think this is a an Ash's Pikachu situation. <laughs> I think I think Gwip is unique in a way that like Hiroda doesn't know. We don't know. But like this guy knows. And he's like, I have to have that bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which that is totally what would happen after we leave Tovro is that, you know, if the rest of the group is starting to turn back towards Oasis, I'd be saying my goodbyes yeah. and heading the direction that he ran. Yeah. And I'd I'd put a hand gingerly on your shoulder and I'd look deep into your eyes and I'd say, Good luck. <laughs> and then I'd go back to my cave. <laughs> Ooh, <Yeah. again. laughs> All right. So everybody Did marks two points of experience. <laughs> Didn't we go to school together? <laughs> Who are you? And I would have been able to mark an additional point of experience had I done what Firth had urged me to, but I don't believe that I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if anyone had asked me for advice at any point, <laughs> I could have I'm had sorry. some experience. Nobody wants my advice. Is it because I'm obviously losing it? Maybe. <laughs> you said two points of experience? Yes. I level up. Oh, what, do you, what would you take if we were continuing this story on? You can fly. <laughs> <laughs> I take flight. Apropos of nothing. I know. I I don't I don't want to have to walk through the sand anymore. That's that's the final image. We see we see Haroda going off in search of Gwip, 
We see uh, Elsef and Torek uh, making the long walk back to Oasis, and then Halmi just lets out like an eagle screech and then takes off into the air. I turn into a raven. <laughs> but like a shadow raven. Shadow raven and yeah. just whew, into the air. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for joining us on this Let's Play for Bone Spear. Thank you to Evil Hat for giving us the opportunity to make this. And thank you to everyone who backed the Codex of Worlds on Backerkit. If you did not do it and you'd like to get your hands on it, you will be able to go to evilhat.com once it is published and order a copy of your very own. This Let's Play of Bone Spear is a Crit Show Studios production. Bone Spear and other alternate Monster of the Week settings can be found in the Codex of Worlds, a new Monster of the Week expansion. You can find Monster of the Week and other Powered by the Apocalypse games at evilhat.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hi folks. Let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about 25 seconds. Really big monster! Zero irony. Pardon me, Gloria. Might my husband and I have a word? The radio is talking to me. So this is how it ends. Eaten by wolves in space. There's a pocket dimension in the deep freeze. This is the stupidest dystopia we've ever been to. What the hell is that? Because you're having a cigarette? In 415 million BC? Where are we? Space? Can you narrow that down? The bad part? Ava! Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app, or just go to weopenat6.com.